2: The Nation, are you ready? It's time for the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell hotline. He gets the blocks he needs. He's in the end zone. Touchdown, Ole Miss. Straight in the middle. It's a first down and more. See you later. It's gonna be a touchdown
3: for Judkins. Right up the middle, David. Big gaping hole opened up, and Judkins just
2: burst through there. Gary Darby, Chuck Roundsville, Yancey Porter, and Gordon Ford bring you the latest on everything going on with Ole Miss Athletics. It's good control in the dock! oh my don't sit on the sidelines be part of the show text in your questions or comments at 662-426-1093 that's 662-426-1093
4: i guess you don't have to
2: but you need to
4: he hits one high
5: and deep left field Pain shading the eyes at the track,
2: and it is gone. Let's get to it. Here's your host, Gary Darby.
5: All right, gang, let's get started on this Monday night. Gary, Chuck, Yancey all in the studio. It is a, a, a nice day. And, guys, I think we should start probably first by giving our mentions and thoughts to the people in Mississippi that dealt with those devastating storms and tornadoes over the weekend. I know that we all probably have someone that was touched somewhere in those places along the way, and, and the state of Mississippi had a rough, rough
6: weekend. No doubt, and, and you know, your heart just goes out to the 25 that are gone now and, and 20 or so that are in intensive care or in hospital, and, and all their belongings and everything is gone. It's just, uh, but let me say this. I have heard that people from all over the country are coming to their aid. Uh, you know, Mattress mattress Max out yeah. in Houston, uh-huh. mm-hmm. he's he's supposedly bringing several trailer truckloads of water and all kinds wow. of stuff.
7: I believe he's from the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Is the he? The CEO, yeah. Uh, I
6: but, I mean, and I, I've heard several other stories like that, too. So this kind of shows you the, the true spirit of America, you know, when people get – in trouble there's people there to help
5: coming up on our program today a lot of analysts we'll get with harry harrison he's on the football broadcast then we'll get with brad henderson with the baseball team so we've got spring practice going on we've got uh, baseball as uh, you might have heard those of you listening in the super talk world coach b was on with richard and company talking about their start so we'll get into some of that uh, with hindu as well we open the show as always, brought to you by First South Farm Credit, over 100 years of experience supporting communities and agriculture. They help you go through the financial journey at First South Farm Credit. Yancey, let's get on into yours. The Outback Steakhouse and friends, uh, Steve Grantham, nine locations in Mississippi and Tennessee, help bring these thoughts to us.
7: Thought number one, the state of Mississippi is loaded with high school football pr- uh, prospects this year. The Rebels are zeroed in on the Magnolia State. They picked up three recent commitments from the SIP with the latest from four-star defensive lineman Jeffrey Rush. It's refreshing to see Ole Miss focus inside the borders again. With all of the player movement with the transfer portal, players from your home state are more likely to stay for the long haul, and this program needs a little more player stability. Thought number two, speaking of the transfer portal, the loss of three of their top four corners in the portal is showing the spring. Candidates are there but nothing beats experience. Thought number three, I'm not sure what can be done with Ole Miss pitching staff other than keep giving these freshmen reps and hope they grow up in time for postseason play. But obviously you have to make postseason play play for that to matter. The Rebels have their work cut out for them, but I would never bet against Bianco. The one pitcher I'm keeping a close eye on is Mason Nichols. The freshman All-American last season has to get back to himself to give the Rebels a chance. Thought number four, speaking of baseball, the offense is going to have to carry the pitching staff into Elliott Maddox' return in late April. Through six SEC games, Ole Miss is last in the SEC at the plate with the 199 average. That simply will not cut it. And the last thought of the day, it was nice to see Coach Joe come out and state she's returning that season. She's building something special at Ole Miss, and it would be a shame if she left in the middle of her rebuild. That's it.
5: And uh, the Ole Miss women losing in the – Sweet 16, uh just couldn't knock down some yeah. shots uh, and, and, and in that didn't,
7: one. And didn't play their game. But, you know, Louisville had a lot to do with that. They sped them up. You know, they were shooting a lot of three-pointers, I believe. In the first half, they shot more three-pointers than two-point attempts, and that certainly is not their game. So give Louisville credit as well. But, yeah, they're going to have to get some more shooters. And, Gary, as you pointed out earlier in the season, they got to get another big woman or two.
5: Yep, yep. Got to have those. I think it's obvious. Uh SEC, uh We'll have, uh, if South Carolina wins tonight, South Carolina and LSU still trying to win national titles in women's basketball.
6: One of Yancey's points is uh, obviously valid, but when you score seven runs and eight runs, get ten hits in one game and 11 in another, uh, you should be able to win. Yeah, seven th- or eight those runs. two
7: games, but the other the other four games, I believe they had a total of five runs. So, you know, yeah, the, I thought the doubleheader Saturday – you know they should not have lost either game, but those three Vanderbilt games and Sunday's game, you know, in and, and under a normal year, Chucky, that might be correct. But this pitching staff just sitting there. We all know that, right? Oh, and I so agree with it They're that. gonna, they're too good of an offense. They hit 199. They're get their slugging percentage. They're getting out slugged twice. I mean, their uh, old Misses is in the 300s, 308, and opponents are mid 600s. So. That, it's just too good of an everyday lineup to, to get beat up. Of course, I think
6: one. we've faced two of the better pitching staffs in the country, Look, too. Without in, question. In Vanderbilt in Florida. So Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's we'll going to get easier. We'll it's, see.
5: The Sunday guy for Florida is going to be a longtime Major League Baseball player, one yeah. way or the other, yeah. as a hitter, as a first baseman, as a pitcher, uh, or whatever.
6: The dude that was – Pitching the second game Saturday wasn't any slouch either. No. Bringing
7: about ninety eight, <laughs> yeah, you know that's that's, that's the pitcher that came from Southern Miss. That old Miss handled well that last year in the regionals. Um, yeah, I mean that was a big pickup for them.
5: You can text message in as well at 662-426-1093 and be a part of the program four two six one zero nine three.
8: Or visit oxfordortho.org.
2: You're listening to the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented by Canon Motors.
5: Canada Motors, Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Text message line again, 662-426-1093. couple of basketball questions to get into and more when we get to that part of the program. But now we're going to talk some old Miss football. Our friend Harry Harrison's back on the phone line. Happy Monday, sir.
9: Man, it is Monday. Beautiful day. Obviously, Friday night was devastating for Mississippi, but it's been beautiful ever since.
6: Harry, uh, I saw you at practice the other day, Saturday, I think it was, and... Uh, I, I I know you're a defensive guy. Uh, your side of the ball was getting spanked a little bit Saturday. I, I think this offense is way ahead of Pete Goldie's defense. As, as a former player, do you think it's a, a learning curve that we're seeing out there? Well, of course,
9: Chuck. I mean, you're getting ready to change the entire defensive scheme and getting ready to take one safety out add a linebacker or two. And so you, you got different. Uh, uh, not different safeties, but different schemes. So, what they were doing Saturday, they were running a lot of cover, too, where you got two deep safeties covered half the field. And, you know, it just takes a while. You've been playing something else for the last two and a half, three years, and now you're going to change the scheme. And, uh, you know, you got new coaching staff. You got uh, some new players. We know that we got some guys missing. That, that, that laundry list of injured players is pretty significant when you go down the roster of guys that probably will be playing come the fall.
6: I like the, uh, what they're doing at wide receiver, you know, obviously running back with Judkins. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking darts looking a lot better, but I I'm also a big fan of Walker Howard. I think he's got a really good deep ball and really good accurate mid mid range passing game.
9: Yeah, I, I agree with you, Chuck. I think it, it, the ball comes out of his hand, very effortless. He just got a real good touch on the ball and, uh... You know, what, you know, time will tell what kind of running quarterback he will be. Don't know if that's his strength or not, but uh, he's got a really good touch on the ball. I, I was uh, – and that's the first practice I caught, Chuck, and, and, and obviously it's a lot of one-on-one, you know, work. Uh, not not much – you know, you really can tell about football players, Chuck, when you get full pads and all of a sudden it's it's full tilt. You're getting tackled, you get blocked, full speed, all that good stuff. So uh, that's when you can really tell – what, what where things are going and what players is really stepping up and, and and doing things right so uh you know i, I didn't try to do a lot of uh, uh, searching and, and try to determine where we are because it's the third practice first day of pads it was a little thumping, but not a whole lot uh defensive line you know we've got uh, left tackle playing right now that uh, just got in here and a right guard so you got a lot of mismatches there. Different guys that probably won't be starting come the fall, but uh, you got to get some backups. And so these guys are getting a lot of snaps this spring. And I like the way they look on the hoops. Uh, I- I'm really impressed with the tight end. And moved in from Memphis, Chuck uh, pre I thought I think he's going to be a big uh, a big find for us. And-, and I think you know he'll push Trigg. Either- sit over there and watch, or he's going to play a lot. and I think.
6: Well, he's the, a real
7: tight end. He's a real tight end. <laughs> that's right.
9: He gets to put his hand on the
7: ground occasionally. <laughs> exactly. Harry, there's been a lot of discussion if Ole Miss, uh, I think if, if I remember uh, correctly from Chuck, you said it's going to be a four-two-five defense. You said a linebacker, two. Pete uh, has run the 3-4 for the most part in the past. Did you see anything at practice that would give any indication which way they're going to lean to?
9: Not where they're going to lead to you, Yancey. I mean, you're, at this point, it's all about install. I mean, you got a new defensive coordinator. you got a new package. You're just you're installing it. They started out their, their little, you know, offense-defense team drills
1: with a four-man
9: front, and then they got away from that and got a three-down three lineman and put uh, the young man that they just signed, Jameer Lewis, in as is, is that uh, stand-up Jack linebacker, which is – going to play the run. He's going to rush. He, he, he probably won't drop in coverage very often. But, uh, you know, initially it was a four-man front with two linebackers. Uh, how does
7: was, how, how does Jameer look?
9: Oh, he looks lost.
7: Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah.
9: Like what you would expect on the third day of spring practice at a new school and a new staff and a new system. He looked pretty lost. Uh, uh and you got to remember the man was a full qualifier i mean he grew up quickly over the summer and in the fall turned into uh so his potential is still out in front of him but you know in fairness to him he looked lost and i can understand that third day of spring practice and uh, you're playing a completely new position but Pete golden saw something in him that he went there and, and signed him and, and thought he might be able to plug him in and run that three four with that rush lamb outside lamb backer in whatever you want to call that position, they call it a jack linebacker, uh, but it usually is a stand up right along the defensive front, and he's either going to rush the passer or play the run. So, uh, I, I think he'll be one of those, and and they'll probably switch, you know, places as, as time rolls on. I thought uh, Jeremiah Jean Baptiste looked really good in uniform. I think he could be a, a, a player, and of course, the uh, the other linebacker that came in from uh, Monty Montgomery came in from Louisville. You know, it was only about 5'11", but, uh, you know, I think both those guys got a chance, and it takes, as we all know, it takes four or five. Even if you only play a two linebacker, you better have four or five of them ready to play. And I think these guys will be a good good catch when it's all said and done.
6: I noticed that uh, Zamari Walton, the new cornerback from Georgia Tech, isn't afraid to compete. He and and Jalen Knox and uh, several others were out there locking horns Saturday, and it it was good to see – the give and take, Jalen would win a snap and then he'd win a snap. So uh, I, I like what we got there with Zamari Walton.
9: Yeah, I, I agree, Chuck. I mean, of course, Saturday Jordan Watkins was injured. He wasn't He wasn't in there. I, I tell you, Chuck, looking at Chris Marshall, I like what I see there. I know he's just a really uh, finishing his freshman season, freshman year in college. So, uh, you know, I don't want to expect too much out of him so far, but I thought he looked real fluid running the ball, uh, running his routes and. Uh, came out of his breaks really well. Uh, so, but once again, third practice in spring, and you know, we'll have this conversation two weeks from now. It'll look a whole lot different.
6: Uh, yeah, talented kid. I think Chris Marshall, once he learns everything, he's going to be a, he got a chance to be a, an impact type player, I think. And you're right. I want to get Jordan Watkins. And another one that's missing out there is Trey Harris up uh, that I heard had a tremendous off season and, he's got a hamstring problem and and hadn't practiced yet and i'm anxious to see him
9: yeah, me too chuck i i i talked to walker jones and he met with them you know he's in the transfer portal and got a chance to meet his mother and father and, and himself and he said he was very impressed by it. he said the guy's gonna be a real player he was one of those guys that came out i guess in 2020 and just got you know uh, nobody was visiting nobody was anywhere else because of covid and you know, he got wound up at Louisiana Tech, but obviously had a really good year or two there. So I think the Rebels did very well in getting him. But you're right; I hadn't seen him at all. I've only been to that one practice Saturday, and uh, but he was he was injured, not out there. So you really can't evaluate. The Rebels have got some good young talent at wide receiver. That uh, they, they got a long way to go, but but they got the opportunity. And uh, two of those guys redshirted last year. One of them stayed stayed hurt. Uh, 85, which would have been uh, Jeremiah Dillon, and of course you got you mix in Larry Simmons from last year, and both those guys have got a chance, and then I thought the Buckels' kid caught the ball very well, too, uh, Chuck. Yeah,
6: I did, yeah. too, and I, I think they've made a good move by putting Braylon Brown in the slot. Uh, he's a guy that is not afraid to mix it up and, and block, help, help in the run game, and I think he looks more comfortable in the slot. I don't know if you noticed that or not.
9: Well, in the slots you don't have to run you don't have to beat corners off the ball that much. You're gonna get covered by safeties or linebackers. I don't think Braylon's got that natural four three, four, four speed. I think that's his biggest hiccup at this point. He's got great size, you know, good hands, but I think he feels more comfortable because he's not having to play that press coverage on the outside like a good wide receiver will have to do. I thought Dayton Wade picked up right where he left off last season. I thought he was very quick. You know, got away from coverage really really easy, caught the ball good. So for a guy who walked on last year, he could be a real threat for us too, Chuck.
6: I agree. All
5: right, my man, we're up against the break, and we appreciate you joining us again. I'm sure we'll be catching up with you soon.
6: Harry, thanks, thanks, buddy. buddy. Thank you, Harry.
7: Okay. All right, bud. Thank Thank you, buddy.
5: This portion of the show brought to you by Gateway Tire, serving you since 1929. 54 locations across six states. Gateway Tire. We go the distance for you. Sounds like Harry's let's let's let them get in the system a little yeah. bit as far as defense is concerned and and work towards a couple of weeks from now and see if we still have these same questions.
7: It's a, it's a little scary though, you know, with the defense not being that that's what you're really focusing on. And yes, it is a new system with new players, but you'd like to hear a little bit more positive things. i tell you
6: something that happened that was funny now. People have talked about Michael Trigg not wanting to block. He went out there the other day and tried to block Ladarius Tennyson, who he's almost a foot taller than, and Ladarius lit him up.
5: (laughs) We're back with your text messages right after this.
3: The insurance adjuster is never going to tell you everything you need to know to get a fair settlement. They're playing a high-stakes game of poker and hiding information from you, hoping you will take as little as possible for your injury claim. I'm attorney Roberts Wilson. If you want someone who will fight to maximize your settlement and save you money, call my law office, 662-533-9111. Or visit us on
2: the web at wegetjustice.com. There's no fee unless we collect. More of the Rebel Yell Hotline presented by Canon Motors coming up next.
5: The text message line is at 662 426 1093 and it's brought to you by Canon Clearing McGraw, CCMOxford.com to check out all the real estate possibilities in the Oxford and Lafayette County area. Let's go. Uh, first of all, for those of you, and I appreciate the baseball questions about who's going to start tomorrow in Pearl, what about the rotation this weekend, we'll get to those baseball questions, and I promise we'll get to all of those when Brad Henderson joins us in the next segment. Basketball questions first. Can you run through a list of basketball prospects the Rebels are looking for for the spring signing period?
7: Yeah, I mean, it's just all hearsay. Ole Miss has reached out to a lot of prospects, and, and obviously they're going to be portal guys. Texas uh, freshman point guard Ontario Morris is one. Florida shooting guard uh Re- Revis is another. Butler combo guard Jaden Taylor. Uh, let's see, Vanderbilt small forward Miles Stute. Minnesota grad transfer Talon Cooper. Who is a point guard? Um, and then there was one. Hold on one second. There's one more here. That Ole Miss just contacted yesterday, and that is Brown, or or over the weekend, Brown transfer Patson woke it. Um, he received a home visit from Coach Beard. In uh, Pinkins, over I think Friday's a Charleston, South Carolina native. He averaged seventeen points, seven rebounds, and one point eight steals last year. His dad's also uh, a collegiate coach as well, so he comes from a big basketball family. Yeah, when
5: I saw his name and following the people that I do in the social media world, a lot of schools jumped on a transfer from Brown. Right? I mean. Yeah. We just watched Princeton go through (laughs) the NCAA tournament. There are players there, and a lot of times you you know how fans can be. Well, why are we going to get a guy from Brown? Well, it looks like he can play because Ole Miss is not the only one that's talking to him.
7: On three sports, Joe Tipton also reported that Ole Miss has been in contact with Georgetown guard Primo Spears. He averaged 16 points and 5.3 assists this past season.
6: Let me tell you the bottom line on all this. Okay. The bottom line is Rebel fans better come off the hip and give to the basketball NIL or Chris is not going to sign any of these guys, okay? <laughs> we got to have some money because this, this has turned into nothing but a money game. And if you're in denial about that, you're like the ostrich with your head to sand because that's where it is right now. Trust
7: me. The child, they're having to spend a lot of their money on the NIL just to retain their own players. No question. So that's what fans don't understand. Too.
5: To that point, we understand they're close to deals with Damon Brakefield and also Matthew Morell. Correct. So, that would
7: be big. So I guess the only two returning players that have not decided one way the yet are you and, and, um, and Abram. So, and
5: that's a text message we have. Is there any word on whether Amari Abrams stays or goes? Not yet.
6: Not yet. But they're, they want him to stay.
5: But that's to the point, too, because there are NIL. people that are out there in the NIL world that yeah. are talking to him. Yeah. yeah.
6: Right? Yeah. And so that
5: is, uh, that's where you are in the basketball. Well, every sports world at this point yeah, in time. Yeah.
6: Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's getting the, the price of players is skyrocketing. I mean, it's crazy. I heard the point guard from Texas wants 600,000. <laughs> I mean, come on for one year. One year.
7: Yeah. So, you know, it, it brings me back to last year with Delusia. I think Ole Miss could have retained him for 350000 last year, and you just think about it, and that seemed like a lot of money at the time, but, man, he would have been worth every penny of it to have him on that mound on the yeah. weekends. Gosh. Yeah, but let me tell you,
6: uh, the the Grove Collective has done a tremendous job, but Lane Kiffin wants more money for the May, May portal. Sure. Coach Yo wants some money. Yeah, Bianco wants more money. I mean it's all the it is, is deals more money more money more money more money because we can
5: hashtag come to the sip all we want transfer to the sip all we want but
6: money to, for it.
5: money to the sip has got to come too
6: <laughs> that's right I mean and it, it's so cold and, and and it to me it's ruining college sports but that's where we are so we better deal with it
5: All right, ccmoxford.com for Cannon, Cleary, McGraw, and again, we're going to get to your baseball questions next when we get with Brad Henderson, but we have some injuries, Oxford Orthopedic and Sports Medicine, bringing the Rebel Injury Report to us.
6: All right, I'm going to try to run through these quickly, but there's a bunch of them. Transfer quarterback Spencer Sanders struggling with the separation of his shoulder. He threw last Tuesday really well, threw like he was hurt Thursday and didn't throw at all Saturday, so we'll play that by ear. Deontay Prince is out, had uh, groin surgery over the offseason. He won't be back till June. Uh, transfer wide receiver Trey Harris has hamstring issue, as does wide receiver Jordan Watkins. Uh, defensive end Jack Brown is still overcoming rehab and a knee injury from last year. Davin Widener, the fourth team quarterback, tore his ACL last week. He's out for a while. DeMarco Williams, cornerback, has uh, ongoing lower leg issues that he had last year, and he's got now. Uh, Jaden Williams is rehabbing the offensive tackle, left tackle, rehabbing from shoulder surgery in the offseason. Jeremy James, the same thing, starting right guard. Casey Kelly, tight end, and played a lot last year, same thing, shoulder rehab. Uh, Quay Davis' wide receiver is out, and DeSanto Rollins, a defensive tackle, is trying to decide whether he wants to stay or go. They've tried to move him to the offensive line. He's resisting that, and I think he's probably going to transfer out.
7: It's the young guys that you hate seeing missing time. Guys like Casey Kelly, they've been there, done that. But the young guys and the portal guys, the new guys in the system. Yeah. Oh,
6: yeah, Trey Harris. Yeah. uh, uh, Jaden Williams needs practice time. I mean, he had a good year for a exactly. first year, but he needs – Jeremy James doesn't need anything. That's right. You know, I get yeah. what you're saying. DeAndre Prince doesn't need anything. Nope. nope.
5: All right, Hindu comes up next. We'll talk about this almost baseball season to date when we talk with Brad after a timeout. It is the Cannon Motors a Mississippi Rebel yell Hotline.
8: Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville
3: code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. BXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions podcast network. It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tacovis, the, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tacovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The sun's a shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an old Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Ufi Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver. So ditch those house keys forever and give Ufi Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Ufi Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Ufi Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com videolock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network.
2: Ole Miss football, basketball, baseball, and more are all right here on the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented by Canon Motors.
6: Hey, who's picking out the music? Who's picking out the music? I hope... That's me.
7: I don't believe that. Yeah. He did the changes. Okay. You, know, you know I got the ear for music, Chucky.
6: Nah, you... <laughs> widespread panic and grateful dead. I'll be
7: grateful <laughs> when they're
6: dead. <laughs>
7: How long has he been saying that? they did dead, Chucky. This is 95.
6: Yeah, that other one needs to die, <laughs> <laughs> Time for a game day outlook brought to
5: you by the Faris Group, They're a partner in retirement nearly two decades of helping retirees invest and distribute their savings. they got offices in Ridgeland, Oxford, Little Rock, Baton Rouge. Give them a call. It's toll-free at 1-877- 327-3735. Brad Henderson, where do you stand on the musical debate that we've been having here yeah
10: i'll plead the fifth well i'm probably gonna go with chuck on that one
6: <laughs> <laughs> thank you brad i
7: knew you would brad <laughs> a man with taste <laughs> uh, well brad nobody expected this oh and six but you know the bright side to me is you look at all three contests maybe sunday not as quite as much that double header but you know, one play here or there in the series is totally different, right? I mean a drop pass in center field. Pate makes a routine double play and he makes an error. I don't think he had committed an error in like a year uh before then. It just, you know, uncharacteristic things that happen. Um, Nichols comes in the eighth inning there in the first game and I don't think he's done that in his whole career, but now it's kind of been a trend with Nichols. That concerns me as well. But point being is that Things aren't quite as bad as I think as it looks on paper uh, with that zero and six record.
10: No, I agree, Yancy. Now I'll say this: uh, in Nashville last week, we simply got beat. Uh, they were just yeah. better in all three phases. But uh, no, there's certainly some things to to build off of uh, the Florida weekend. Obviously, game one. I'm not going to say we gave it away because Florida. Uh, you know, deservedly the eighth and ninth inning, they went out there and took it from us. But when you got a three run lead in the eighth inning and you bring Mason Nichols in, I don't know that uh, you could have drawn it up any better as a staff. You're up 6 3 going in the eighth and, you, and you're yep. bringing a guy that that had dominated in the postseason last year. So, you know, credit Florida. Uh, and, and then you, you know, we get to the second game and, you know, Sonia didn't throw well. Let, let's just call a spade a spade. But we, after getting down six nothing we put a five spot up and get right back in it and uh we just couldn't stop them and, and then obviously on sunday just ample opportunities early in that game i think Caglion on us seven or eight times first three innings and eight and, and and we had nothing to show for it so you know i think we had an opportunity to win the series uh and we didn't uh, didn't didn't win a game but hey can't feel sorry for yourselves you got to You got to pick up the pieces and and figure it out, and get ready to play Southern Miss tomorrow, and and then go try and win a series against A and M, who's one and five. So, uh, you know, we knew it was going to be tough. I don't think we knew we were going to be zero and six, but I thought there were a lot of positives, especially offensively, uh, and really from Jack and and Revis, uh, that, that give you some hope from here on out.
7: Brad, one thing that does concern me—we all know how players can go on slump, whether it's fielding, hitting, pitching, all of it. And Nichols, the reliable guy—you know—you were going into the season with the, arguably the best back bullpen in the country there with Mallets and JFD and Nichols, and then you're down to Nichols. Now he's slumping. Uh, what do you do it on the back end of the bullpen?
10: Well, I think you got to keep running back out there. Yeah, that, that kid, that, that kid is. Uh, he, he, is, he is so mature uh, beyond his years, and, you know, it was funny. I had a talk with him a- after the game yesterday, and, and I just said, uh, you know, I said, keep your head up, you know, and, and he was in good spirits. I think game one, uh, he just didn't have a feel for his breaking ball, and when he became one-dimensional, Florida realized that, and they just jumped all over his fastballs. But, you know, I, I've got all the trust in the world in, in Mason Nichols. He had two bad days, and we're talking about a a 19-year-old kid who had a bad day, you know, and it happens in this game. Did we want it to happen on an SEC weekend? No, but would I be scared to run him back out there? Absolutely not. He's too good not to. Um, And and so, you know, it it is what it is, right? We're 0-6, and I I do think we're going to have to possibly shuffle around maybe some of those starters, and and we've seen – we saw Mike do it this weekend as well as last weekend. He's got to keep running the freshmen out there uh, because they're our best guys. And, and they're going to figure it out, and they're having to figure it out. You know, they're having to drink drink to a fire hose right now. But, uh, you know, I thought offensively we were a lot better. And the offense is going to have to win us some games, which they had an opportunity to yesterday and just couldn't get a timely hit. Um, but, but I still like this team. I really, really do. Um, we're just going to have to fight through it for a little while uh, until we figure it out. We just need that – get that good taste in your mouth, right? Win, win a game in the eighth or ninth inning uh, against a quality team and, and kind of like we did last year and, and, and then get rolling.
7: Well, Bianco did announce that he's reshuffling that pitching lineup. Sam's going to start tomorrow night against Southern Miz. Quinn now goes into the weekend rotation, which I thought was a great move because outside of Revis, I think he's been the most consistent pitcher. And then they're going to put Sanya in the bullpen. He said possibly come out against Southern Mississippi. So there's your shakeup.
10: Okay, so did, did he give a rotation
5: yet? I haven't heard it. He, he did, yeah, he did. Uh, Jack is going to pitch on Friday's, moving Xavier Revis to Saturday. And then Quinn on Sunday with Sam Tachoyan starting uh, against uh, the Golden Eagles tomorrow night in Pearl.
10: Yeah, and I like that. Uh, I think Jack, Jack did really well against uh, 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 a really good Brandon Sproat, who, who had just coming off SEC Pitcher of the Week. Um, and, again, we had a 6-3 lead in the, in the eighth inning. So uh, I thought Jack competed, uh, and then he's earned the right to keep that Friday spot. And I, I like Xavier on, on Saturdays for two reasons. Really, I think he's been the most consistent the past two or three weeks.
7: Uh, and now
10: you get and now you get an opportunity to go right left right uh you know to to make opponents have to have to change that batting order a little bit so um you know i i totally agree with it and obviously at 0 and 6 you've got to look in the mirror and and make some changes so i'm glad that they've gone gone ahead and come out with that and uh i, I just didn't know if xavier may move to friday because of his consistency but uh I do like that lineup as as we had the College Station.
6: Brad, let me ask you something: as a former player and mostly uh, such a tremendous hitter as you were, when the pitch is not going well and the offense knows that they have to score seven, eight, nine runs to win, does that does that kind of put a little pressure on you at the plate? Can you can you be as free swinging or or is you, you just bear down more?
10: No, I don't think it puts any more pressure on you, Chuck. I mean, again, and I I, I visualize this every time I, I go on the field for for batting practice. They're 18- to 21-year-old kids, right? They, they've they got school on their mind. They've got girlfriends on their mind. And, and they're there to play a game. And at the end of the day, it is still a game. Um, you know, back when I played, we scored a bunch of runs and didn't win a lot of games. And I don't ever remember <laughs> going to the... I don't ever remember going to the yard thinking, "Boy, we've got to, we really got to do more than what we're capable of doing." Um, <clears throat> so I don't, I don't think that's the mindset at all. Now I do think uh, what happened last week in Vanderbilt can get in your head when uh, when you're not scoring. I, I think the pitchers sometimes think that way like oh man i've got to i've got to make perfect pitches because we're not scoring runs so I, I i do sometimes and i but i think it's more of a team mentality you know uh-oh an offense that we're so used to seeing scoring a bunch of runs and hitting the ball out of the yard is not doing anything i've got to make perfect pitches and that's where you get in trouble but from a from an offensive mentality no I, I think you go up there and you stick with your game plan and and you try to get in a good hitters count and, and when you get a a pitch that's drivable, uh, you, you've got to barrel it up. So, you know, again, I I don't think we need to hit, as a fan base, we need to hit the panic button. Um, this is a really good baseball team, and like I said, we, we could have easily won two this weekend. It didn't happen, and yes, we've got to start winning baseball games soon, but uh, this this core group is uh, is too talented not to win baseball games
6: so what what's what's your i don't know what's your thought process moving forward if you're a a coach or a player uh i mean i'm sure bianco's trying to keep it as positive as he can kind of like he did last year when they started out 7 and 14 he you know he kept telling them he believed in them and it finally came around you think that's his approach right now as well yeah
10: i do chuck Uh, and that's a learning lesson from last year uh I think accountability, you know, guys just showing up and doing their job, not trying to do too much, but doing exactly what they're capable of doing. And I think the hardest job today for a coach is, uh, is the outside noise, you know, not letting that get in the locker room, uh, which is what he did so well last year. Because with social media now, um, you know, Captain Keyboards can, can bash a kid and have no repercussions, and a kid is going to read that and, and, and maybe take it to heart, um, I think that's the hardest part is just not letting outside noise uh, from most of these people that have never even played the sport um, you know, start to, start to deteriorate that locker room. So to me, that's the biggest challenge right now because obviously there's a lot of negative out there, and you just want to try and keep these kids uh, as focused as possible.
7: You know, when I look at the numbers here, uh, Hindu, I'm looking at this kind of unbelievable. You take Groff, Leje, Burford, McCants, Schattinger, together, they've got six hits and 90 at-bats. So that, you know, they're not going to continue at that rate. We all know that. But the two really that came into the season that I thought were critical for this lineup were Peyton and T.J., and they've gotten off to really slow starts again in the SEC. Those two guys, to me, are going to be the the focal points to me to really turn this offense around in SEC play. Yeah,
10: yeah, yes. And you know, we saw it last year from those two guys: slow starts yep. and and yep. finish strong. Uh, you were just hoping another year of experience that they may have they may have jumped out a little hotter than what they have. Uh, but it's there, and I think that's the thing that that. That, that you feel good at uh, as a coaching staff is you know they've got it in them, and it's just a matter of time. Uh, I think the one thing that surprised me so far, and, and time will tell as, as we get deeper into this conference season, um, we just had not hit the ball out of the park Yeah, uh, in, in conference play. Uh, Three home runs. One, hit, hit Three in six Saturday. games. Yeah, and, and so that's been the surprising – Number to me, uh, and I knew we weren't going to hit probably as many. And I think Clem had said it as well. He didn't think we would hit as many as we did last year. Of course, Timmy hit like twenty five or whatever he got to last year. Uh, but but I really did think we would possibly hit a. You know, I even thought it yesterday when when he walked a couple. I thought Kent may pop a three run homer. Uh, but when you're trying to, uh, you know. And you're having to get back-to-back-to-back to back to back hits to score one run, that's tough in this league. you got to throw up some crooked numbers uh, via the long ball, and we haven't done that yet. Do I think it's coming? Sure I do. But this weekend surprised me because the wind was blowing out. It was just beautiful conditions, and, and it just didn't happen.
6: What do you think is the reason? I, I saw a stat the other day that uh, throughout college baseball all over the country, the average scoring is, is more than a run per game, more than it was last year. What, what do you think's causing that? Walks.
10: Well, I think a lot of it is the track man zone that they've gone through. It's a smaller zone. And so with a smaller zone, you're going to have one, you're going to have more walks that, that walks are way up, and you're going to have hitters getting better at hitting counts. So you'll look up, and, and guys are at two zero three one, which are typically fastball counts, and guys can cheat and jump on the fastball and hit the ball out of the yard. So I think those numbers are going to continue to trend that way as long as there's a smaller strike zone because these hitters now know that the ball's got to be over the plate, and and it doesn't have to be a a ball and a half, two balls off, and they know they're going to get punched out like it was back in my day. So (laughs) they they can be more disciplined, and uh, I just think you're going to see just better offensive numbers all around.
6: I tell you, I, I I was there for the Saturday's second game with Sonier, and I thought he threw some beautiful pitches that the ump called balls, and they probably were balls with the new strike zone. But I'm just saying, man, I don't I don't know how the the batters laid off some of those pitches.
10: Yeah, and that's the biggest challenge for these freshmen is you know he's getting that call last year at Collierville because that ball's you know two balls off the plate. Well, that's 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 still a strike in, in high school baseball. And uh, so they're having to learn the hard way because, you know, he may throw two perfect pitches uh, that, that were perfect last year, and now he's 2-0 and he's got a groove of fastball and he's getting punished for it. Uh, and so that, that's kind of what separates, you know, your veterans, like a Doherty or, or Mitch Morell who's been terrific for us. Uh, They've already figured that out. So. Obviously, the freshmen. If we're going to keep running them out there, they've got to figure it out sooner than later. And we're going to get behind the eight ball. Uh, but I, I think you've seen some of them start to do that. You mentioned JP Quinn is going to start on Sunday. He's starting to figure it out. Sam Tacon is going to start tomorrow. He's certainly started to figure it out. So you know, it, it's 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 some growing pains. But uh, you know, they're they're too talented not to have success at this level.
5: Thanks, Hindu, my man, and uh, we appreciate your thoughts. Next time it will be after almost Miss is 1-4 straight. You know what I'm saying?
7: There we go. Sounds much I'll better. You, I'll tell you. Thank <laughs> you, Hindu. You bet, guys.
5: SEC and Ole Miss news. Well, a little SEC stuff. Brought to you by Van Atkins Jewelers. Van Atkins, the South's leader in estate jewelry and diamond solitaires. Van Atkins guarantees full satisfaction and value for the money. And as Chuck always says, you know she's worth it. Two weeks into the SEC season, Vandy and South Carolina perfect, six and zero. Kentucky and Florida. 5 1. Tennessee and Mizzou, 3 3. Georgia is the only team in the East with a losing record at 1 5. The West, LSU and Arkansas, 4 2. Everyone else, 2 4, or below. Alabama and Auburn, 2 4. AM, 1 5. Ole Miss and State, the two defending national champions, are 0 6. Oh,
10: wow. Yeah.
5: All right, we'll come back and finish it all up next. Just the Canon Motors, Mississippi, Rebel Yell Hotline. That's good to me.
2: Look good and feel good this new year by stopping by Great Scott at 4400 Old Can Road in Jackson. Check out the great sale items they have going on now, plus new merchandise arriving daily. They've been voted Top 50 Men's Clothing Store by Esquire Magazine, and they also offer a full-service old-fashioned barbershop, and their hours are 9.30 to 6 Monday through Friday and 9.30 to 5 on Saturdays. Make sure to follow them on Facebook and Instagram as well. Serving you for over 55 years, that's Great Scott at 4400 Old Can Road in Jackson Hotty Toddy and Go Rebs. More of the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented by Cannon Motors, coming up next.
5: Time to put a finish on the program today. Hanging in the studio with Chuck, with Yancey, and your Cannon Motors and Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Yes, sir.
6: I tell you, it's really refreshing to me to have guys like Harry Harrison and, and Brad Henderson Given us insight of football and baseball, uh, and they just know their stuff. Yeah, they you do. know both and of them
7: are so good. They they educate me every week. They're so good, and they're former players, so you're right. getting a two for one combo. Right? Yeah. Plus, they're
6: getting paid to analyze. That's true. I was. (laughs) I I bet Yancey's not paying them doodly squat though. When
5: when I was listening
6: to Harry, it all goes to you. (laughs) And and thinking about watching
5: practice, like I go to practices, son, right over, and we all have you guys way more than I do. But Harry was seeing things and telling those things from different, like multiple guys. That's the scheme, right? I'm only looking at one spot, and I may see the football go. You're following the ball. That's it. I'm watching the football go somewhere, and we got a lot more than that. Uh, from those guys. Red.
6: And let me just. Say oh, no. Here we time. go. Here we go. I saw you look down. What are we wearing? Yes, I did too. Yes, She's got all socks with pictures of martinis. I mean, are you kidding me?
7: Are
8: you kidding me? <laughs> My
6: wife
7: gave me these socks.
6: I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Red and Blue Chest Recruiting segment
5: brought to you by the Grove Collective. We have mentioned the Grove Collective and the need to help out there create and enhance the NIL opportunities for almost student athletes given the level of protection and guidance they need in the NIL marketplace.
7: Yeah, well today, Ole Miss Chucky might be adding on to the roster for next year. They they committed a JUCO linebacker uh named Raymond Collins. Uh coach Pete Golding got to Ole Miss, went down to Jones Community College, evaluated, offered him on a spot. He's 6'3", 240, second in tackles on the team as a true freshman. So there's someone that you could add to that linebacker fold. Uh Ole Miss received the trio commitment since we last were on the Rebel Yell. Last Monday, Picky Union athlete Chris Davis, he's a running back uh, that could end up at receiver. DB, running back, we'll see where he lands. He's number 18 in the state of Mississippi. And, again, Mississippi is loaded this year. Uh, Jeremy Scott, a wide receiver out of Jackson Callaway. Committed. He's a 6'4 receiver, big, tall receiver. at had over 20 yards per catch last season. And then the big one, uh, as far as rankings-wise, was Jeffrey Rush. He committed over the weekend. Uh, he's a four-star right at the number 133 overall player in the country, number five in the state of Mississippi. All of these commitments bumped up to Ole Miss at number 17 in the team rankings. And then over the week, Ole Miss hosted probably – Two dozen-plus prospects, but we'll highlight a couple of them. Uh, Jathan Hatch out of Biggersville uh, visited over the weekend. A linebacker, Chuck, a lot of linebackers in Mississippi this year, too. I really like that. A trio four-stars stayed over the whole weekend, included Ole Miss QB commitment uh, Damon Williams, Carrollton Georgia tight end Caleb Odom, and 2025 quarterback target Antoine Hill. All of those are national prospects. Speaking of Caleb Owen, the tight end out of uh, Carrollton, Georgia, Zach Barry for you there at the Ole Miss Spirit. Chucky is reporting that Ole Miss had a really successful visit and are in, in line to uh, possibly land him over the summer. And we're going to leave the last for you for the good, bad, and ugly. <laughs> I,
6: I'll tell you what, Saturday there were a lot of good-looking kids out there physically good-looking I don't know if they're good football players but they look good trust me all right the good um, well wasn't necessarily a good ending but we have to give a a solid good for the run to the Sweet 16 the Lady Rebels made last week when they knocked off number one seed Stanford before losing to a very talented Louisville team that made the Final Four a year ago but lost to Caitlin Clark in Iowa yesterday great job ladies keep it rolling uh, with the bad and the ugly, you know, it's the Rebel baseball team. is 0-6 now struggling in the SEC after being swept at home by a strong Florida team. The Red pitching is just not getting it done over there. It's hard to win games when you know you got to score 9 or 10 runs to get over the top. It looks to me like the injuries have had a trickle-down effect. Without Hunter Elliott, our ace, you had to move Jack darty into the Friday starting role and he's better as a middle reliever even though he's done a good job he's better as a middle reliever um, closer Josh Mallitz is out will be out all year so they had to move Mason Nichols into the closer spot well he's a better mid guy you know better 7th 8th inning setup guy uh, Grayson Sonier the, the freshman has got a lot of talent just hadn't found his rhythm yet so, you know, something has to give on give on the mound this year or it's going to be go from bad to ugly in a hurry. Uh, but let me say this. The pitching isn't the only problem. The offense has got to pick it up, and so does the fielding. They, right now, all three phases aren't playing championship ball.
7: And when your margin for error, Chucky, is, is very slim, right? You can't make those crucial mistakes in the field. Ole Miss made three big mistakes in the field the, over the weekend. In all three games, they made one each, and it just killed them, you know. and exactly. they, they can't make those mistakes until those young pups grow up on the mound.
5: Good, bad, and ugly brought to you by Big Delta Power Sports, 155 Cracker Barrel Drive. In Batesville. And we didn't get the text messages about Hunter Elliott and Riley Maddox. The answer Coach B gave to Richard Cross and Company is both have thrown this week. Uh, that if all holds, hopefully Elliott by the end of next month, Maddox maybe sometime in May. Yep. Okay? So you oh, got that
6: that long. We got to wait all the
5: way he through. He said April. Maddox
7: possibly at the end of April. So, might, you know, we'll see. But both are coming back and throwing well, he said.
5: As long as no setbacks, that's what we're looking at.
7: All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Martini Socks. (laughs) Hotty toddy.
0: You know how to book flights and hotels.